Hey there! Do you love depression, despair, bizarre, irrational thoughts that wreak havoc on one's mental stability, social life, sanity, and marriage? Then you're going to love my book, Fundamentalist, Stories of a Mentally Ill, Obsessive, Compulsive, Legalistic Youth Group Kid Turned Pastor, which is available now on Amazon in Kindle version and on sale for $4.99. Now, this week is a special week for Pastor With No Answers podcast. We have three short episodes that will be released three different days with three really important people in my life. You know, homeboys, including your boy, Devin Shelton. Now, Devin and the other two fellas you're going to meet this week knew me when my depression and obsessive compulsive disorder was unmitigated by any sort of effective medication, counseling, or hope. (laughs) And I was even able to mask it for a huge chunk of our time in college. Go figure. I was in pain, agony, and despair, and they didn't fully grasp the depths of my hell. Hell, there were times when I couldn't leave my room, couldn't stop crying, couldn't catch a glimpse of lightheartedness, and they didn't even know. So without further ado, here's my friends. Now, enjoy these talks about my pain, and in the meantime, go to Amazon, buy the Kindle version for a friend, and write a review. Would certainly appreciate it. And if you want a paper copy, we've got a 20% off deal going on for PWNA PWNA listeners. So go to badchristianmedia.com, and at checkout, use the code PWNAL for Pastor with no answers, listeners. Have a good Yes, I can. Devin Shelton, folks, the way more famous person on this call right now. Way better looking, not, stronger, not anymore. more athletic. Um, hmm, you don't have more kids than me. Um, no, nope. you don't have as many years of living as I do, and you don't have as much mental illness as I do. So I'd say you're yeah, pretty. Sure. You're in pretty good shape, man. Except I feel like I'm doing okay. Except for what happened last week, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's that kind wasn't, of a big deal. That wasn't so great, but other than that, yeah. everything's good. Yeah. Seriously, um, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this because I didn't plan on it, but, I mean, what do you think is, like, where you're at mentally right now, having lost your mom, I mean, seriously, just a little over... A week ago, what do you think would have been the difference where you're at mentally now if she would have had like a fatal illness that, you know, there's a digression there for like two or three months and you had a chance to talk to her, say all the stuff you wanted to say and and all of that. Do you think you would be at a better place right now? Yeah, I would say so. Just just in general, because I think anybody would be, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, I think if anybody felt like they had more opportunity to, to say things they could have said or done things they could have done differently, you know, I think, I think anybody would probably feel a little better about it, but you know, that kind of 
but then on the other side of it, you know, it, it kind of detracts from the whole relationship because you had to kind of go through all that with the person, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess could, I guess that could be a positive too, just kind of building your relationship, but it seems like it would be pretty hard as well. But you know, that's what a bunch of people were talking about, you know, with family and stuff while we were there. It's like, you know, I, I, I think anybody, anybody in my family at least would have preferred to have had that slow kind of progression. Yeah. Um, but that's, I don't know, maybe that's more of a selfish kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Just because I don't know if anybody would prefer that for their own self. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. It's tough. Definitely. I mean, I, I, yeah, I would say probably, yeah, that's a good point, man. Like, your your mom really just died on a Sunday morning, and she kind of went from not realizing that she was going to die, probably had a relatively decent day with you know, your dad the day before, and then she's gone. And if what we believe is true, man, she's in a really, really awesome place as opposed to living the last six months of her, her life, like having to have crazy heart wrenching, teary eyed conversations with you and your dad. And I mean, I, I, I couldn't imagine, like, I don't know what it's like to have grandkids, but I would say it's, similar and different than having your own kids and just her having to say goodbye to you and her grandkids. And yeah, I mean that, yeah, you're right. I think, I think she went out the better way for sure. Yeah. So you're pretty pretty selfish person for wanting her back, man. I am. I'm a real (laughs) asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, you know, I've said it a hundred times, but man, gosh, sorry about all that. And uh, I know, man, I appreciate it. I I really do appreciate you coming up. Uh, that meant a lot, you know. Yeah, definitely, for sure. If 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 my wife or one of my kids die, I'd expect you to do the same for me. Uh, I definitely would. <laughs> I definitely would. <laughs> Actually, you would have a much longer drive. I don't like if yeah. your mom lived in Champaign. I guess I wouldn't have done that. I get. I thought. Is that a horrible I kinda thought thing about... to say? Like, well, you, no, no. Maybe not... I would have. I don't think I would have though. Well, I was thinking the same. I was thinking the same thing for some reason the other day. Is like, who's, who else's mom would I have gone to the funeral for? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if Matt's one of Matt's parents had died in South Carolina, yeah. would I have gone to the funeral? I don't think so. Right. right. I mean, I've had aunts in South Carolina. I haven't gone. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know what I mean? My, Just because I couldn't. Yeah. My guess would be that if I lost a child or Priscilla, I would say yeah, most, that's most of my friends, including you, I could, I could definitely seeing you, see you come to South Carolina. My, if, if your mom died and she was in Champaign or if my mom died and she was in Charleston, I don't think you nor myself would make the trip. I just, I don't, uh, but, but for yeah. me, it was, for me, it was a no brainer given that we're talking three and a half hours. I mean, not that I was doing it right. to avoid guilt. I really wanted to to be there for you, but I would have felt horrible just like <laughs> doing my own thing, knowing, you know, one of my best friends is just three and a half hours up the road, you know? Right. Death, yeah, man. Well, still, it's awesome. Death. I mean, can't avoid it's it. crazy. Cannot avoid it. Well, Devin, I appreciate you coming on here and uh, having read Fundamentalists and wanted to talk to you a little bit about it. I had this idea uh, ways back, and we're finally getting to it. I just wanted to 
talked to some folks that knew me at the time, but had very little clue of what I was going through and what I was processing. And, um, yeah, you and I had some good times together. And I would also say that when I reflect on the, the time in Rock Hill, my four years of school and the two years of, of teaching where I hung out with you guys a lot then too, it still was, was very much so tainted, uh, with depression. Um, a lot of the time that I spent with you, I, I actually did know that I had it, um, you know, I talked to Scott Sinclair, and, and him and I hung out a lot freshman and sophomore year, uh, junior year, and I I had not um, come to the realization that there was, like, real mental illness. So hanging out with you and everything, you know, I realized what I had, realized what I was going through, and, um, you know, I, I, I also, you know, remember when I – you know, knowing that I was going to talk to you, I remember actually having a phone call with you and we have never talked about this, this conversation, but you and I were good friends, but I'd say we've, we've gotten even a lot closer since then. But I remember, so you, you guys were in the early stages of Emory and, um, it's crazy. It's like you, you and Toby around this time, both had girlfriends and I could tell both of y'all even express this to me. Both of y'all express, like almost like a we wish we had what what you had as far as just like a wife and and all that stuff you, you were um dating a girl that looked just like Britney Spears I remember that she lived in Charleston and I remember talking to you on the phone and I I could barely get the words out like I was because I was going to cry and I, I oh my gosh it was so heavy so dark with depression but what I was struggling in my mind there was the regret of leaving the band. And what's crazy is, you know, most people ask me, Hey, do you have major regrets? And my honest answer is no, not at all. Um, but I would say the first year and a half or so I was so depressed, thus so unhappy with my life, even though I married the girl of my dreams, I mean, depression isn't a respecter of, you know, finding a, a great relationship. It's not like the depression goes away. But in my mind, with depression, it's almost like the grass is always greener. Like you always think, okay, well, if I was in a different situation, then, um, you know, I wouldn't be struggling with depression. So my, I did what I was not regretting was getting married. I was regretting uh, dropping out of the band to get married. And I just remember like expressing that to you. And I was thinking to myself, I mean, what in, what in the world is Devin supposed to say to that? <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I barely remember that, yeah. <clears throat> that com conversation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I, I remember even during that time of like, uh, when you, you know, all the stuff with Emory happened and you, and you went off and got married eventually and everything. I still don't know if I was real. I still don't think I had much of a clue of what you were going through. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just don't recall. I just don't recall having much, much thought or conversation at even like with Toby or anything. I mean, maybe we did at the time, but, but it was probably much more, of just like a didn't take it very seriously kind of thing. Yeah. 
Well, I think part of that, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think part of that was my doing. Like, even though you, you know, and our relationships have changed drastically since you know two thousand one. Uh, all for the better, closer, we're older, and and all that. But definitely, you know, Toby was the person that I spent the most time with. But I had even shut him off a good bit with this sort of communication, talking about my depression. You know, and and one of the biggest reasons is he's so emotionally charged. I mean, he said some things out of true care and concern uh, and some selfishness. And, and I just took it to heart and offended over the top. I mean, so I felt like, you know, we probably wouldn't even be as close for years to come. And I kind of saw you and Matt and Toby as all kind of lumped together. You guys were doing the band thing. And so that was kind of a group of my friends that I wasn't going to go deep with and transparent with depression and all that. That's, you know, that's right around the time you guys, you know, moved and all that. I know later on down the road, obviously I was opening up uh, to you guys, but I would say, um, you know, Andy, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Singer was somebody that I was talking to a lot about that stuff. And even, uh, I think, Derek Payne, one of my roommates, he was someone that I would open to a little bit, but you know, obviously all he thought about was like sports and hot girls and stuff. So I wouldn't get in too far with, with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, that's yeah, true. That's, that's true. Crazy. So were you surprised by anything in the book? I mean, uh, you and I had very similar church upbringing, uh, a lot of that legalistic stuff, but were you know were there things that you read that you're just like, golly, that's I can't believe he went through that. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't surprised per se, but it was definitely some some pretty crazy stuff in there. Um, you know, and and when I when I read it, I mean, I don't think any of those things like I definitely had no clue when I knew you in college, right? You know what I mean? Like I had no idea. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, you, you have a crazy personality in general. Right. And so you're always doing stuff to kind of make people laugh or make people feel awkward. That's what kind of what you've always right. done. And that's been your personality. So I, I think a part of me just kind of thought you were just kind of a weird guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like great friend, but just kind of, you know, just kind of a different kind of person than me. Yeah. So, but, but looking back now, you know, those times when, when you were kind of off by yourself or you're doing something different than everybody else, or you're kind of just isolating to some degree. Yeah. At the time I just thought, well, Joey just, that's just what he's like. Right. Yeah. I didn't think like he's struggling yeah. with anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy how mental illness works because you know, I, I, uh, I think I shared on the free sex podcast that, that I remember, you know, my irrational fear of early masturbation making me sterile. Because I thought, okay, I masturbated too early. <laughs> obviously, that's why I stunted the growth of my penis. And obviously, that's why it's, it probably isn't functioning well. I'm never going to be able to get a girl pregnant. Like, I, I hung on to a little bit of that fear until I saw my baby girl born and she was normal. Like, I was like, I just produced a normal. I mean, up until that <laughs> point, there was a part of me that was a little concerned and here's what's crazy and here's what you know shows how tricky mental illness can be is I really did have some of that fear but then I was like wait a second you know we goofed around so much like I remember we 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 went on basically it was y'all's first tour as a band you and Matt and y'all's friends and then me and Toby came with 
uh, with our band and, and you and Matt played in ours. And I mean, we would seriously just be so goofy, come out of the shower completely naked or just pull our Johnson out and just, you know, do crazy things with it. <laughs> Matt's was always, you know, huge. Yeah. So he would sling it around like a you know, jump rope <laughs> or whatever. But I remember that right there should have been <laughs> the validation <laughs> that I needed because you guys saw it as plain as day and one of y'all would have definitely been like, Joey, we're so sorry. Like, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> but I even remember you kind of making a joke like, man, yours looks like kind of an old man's. <laughs> and and right. you're like, yeah, you're about my size, but man, he looks a little bit older. And <laughs> none of that, none of that stuff, that's reality. That's stuff that really happened that could not fix the mental illness. And I think that's what people need to try to open up their understanding a little bit, which I can't even fully do. But if the brain is malfunctioning, there's something wrong with your thinking. You know what I'm saying? If the brain's job is to think and it's messed up, then it's just not thinking properly. I mean, that right there, I I mean, whipping out my Johnson one time to you guys should have fixed all of this. I should have been good to go from that point. My dad (laughs) would have been spared having to see it. (laughs) Yep, yep. We would have been fine, man. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because I was thinking like you know you know I have I've had I have and have had plenty of insecurities, but usually what happens is like you said like if if I experience okay if I see someone else is uh, experiencing something similar or I go through a process of like oh a little bit of closure of like oh okay I, that's not as weird as I thought it was yeah then from that point on I I I can kind of get away from that concern and that that issue with my with my own. Right. body or whatever but yeah that's that's crazy to me that even though you yeah because i remember you like you know just stupid college guy stuff i mean like you said you just pull it out and pee or something like right. that or just whatever so in my mind and i think all the other guys minds it was like oh joey he don't have any insecurities about that because right. he he doesn't care right right and I, I you know guess, what i mean yeah and i guess if i really had to pinpoint how I was justifying that not being the closure I needed is I probably was thinking, well, none of you guys are like staring at it. Like none. Of, I mean, <laughs> like anytime a guy is joking around with his penis, nobody in the room is just going to like stare at it and study it. So I was just thinking probably, well, they, they didn't see it good enough. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, man. What, I mean, uh, what are, you know, given our mutual upbringing in the church, like what do you so you, you take a guy like me that's are already struggling with mental illness and the church caused the perfect storm um right. i mean do you look back on you know we we actually talked about your mom's funeral on a recent episode of bad christian um a little while ago and mm-hmm. and just that sort of feel of you need to be scared uh, because, and, and I think the, the problem, it, not, not only do I not agree with necessarily scaring unbelievers, I, I get where they're coming from, but there was also fear for Christians who were apparently saved, but weren't living right. Well, then you're just as good as not being saved at all, you know? Right. And so you put that, uh, you pair that with someone who's mentally ill and it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, how do you, I mean, do you? Do you think 
do you put some of that blame on the church structure and how things are presented? Like, do you think that if I was in a healthier <laughs> church culture, I would have been less messed up? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it, I would, I would say, you know, I, I'm, I know that chemically there are people who are probably prone or, or born with, with the, uh, the lean that direction, whether mental illness one way or the other. And I, I was, but I, but I would say that like for me growing up in that same kind of environment, um, that, that legalism made me feel the way that you kind of felt. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think I am genetically made to have a mental illness like uh, depression or, or, um, OCD necessarily or anxiety. Yeah. So I don't think that's my natural tendency, but I think the church, and this is, like I said, this is not anything my, against my parents or anything right. like that. Cause they are, you know, they're great people and the people I went to church with are mostly great people. They have good intentions, but the way it's presented a lot of times is just, it, it does, it, it kind of gives you that fear. You just live with that fear of like, man, I, I can never be good enough. Right. Like right. I, I can just never, I'm never I can safe. just ne- never. Safe. Right. Yeah. Right. And it makes you just, I don't know. It just made me scared most of my childhood. Not, I mean, I didn't, I don't feel like I just was visibly scared or, or lived that way. But in my own mind, like I told you the other day when we had lunch, I said, you know, I used to ask forgiveness like a hundred times after I did one little stupid thing wrong, or I had to say the blessing before I chewed a piece of bubble gum, stuff like that. I mean, and not, they're not even bad. <laughs> they're not even bad in and of themselves, but you know, it's like, it's just a, an obsessive behavior. Right. You know what I mean? It, it creates this, this sort of, uh, just obsessive compulsiveness, I guess is what it kind of creates within, within a person. So yeah, I would say the church definitely is a cause and a, hin- a hindrance for having a healthy, healthy mind. Did, were, you bless, were you blessing your gum in, in college? I think I was past it at that point. <laughs> you, see, that's funny because you laugh, but it would have made complete sense to me if you said, yeah, I, I hadn't gotten rid of that habit yet because <laughs> I, I was still right in the middle of all that. Golly. All right. <laughs> that's fun. So, Devin, in our relationship, you have to be used to these, and I, 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 I don't know why I enjoy this so much, but I like thinking of questions that in reality would never happen but then instead of allowing the person who I'm asking to just laugh it off and say, ha, 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 I like to say, no, 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 wait a second. I want you to pretend that it is possible, and I want you to tell me how you would react. So here it goes. Okay. I'm visiting Illinois, Champaign, where you guys live. Y'all still live in Champaign, right? Monticello, actually. Monticello, oh. that's right. And I say, Devin, I'm struggling with my penis again. And you're like, oh, shit. And I said, yeah, (sighs) your wife's a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And she's a friend. She's someone I trust. I really need to show her. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is. (laughs) She's seen many. You're right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was about to say. The fun, I would definitely think it's weird, <laughs> but I, I think I might be okay with it. Would our, relation, all, would our relationship be different? No, because she's not going to care. Right, right. Like, she's seen so many. 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> I, I, sometimes it freaks me out because she'll be talk. She'll tell me about something she saw that day, like a guy's dong. So I'm like, oh, that's funny. But so what my point is, is that this is probably not normal, but since my wife is a nurse practitioner, right. I probably would probably would be okay with it, even though it'd be a little weird because I'd be like, I think I'm going to go in the other room or something. <laughs> or maybe I would stay in there and just be like, okay, I'm watching. Let's see what's happening here. <laughs> oh, goodness. Devin Shelton, good good catching up with you, man. Yeah, you too, Joey. I hope we, Love see, book, each other. Ho- hope we see each other before somebody else passes away, man. Me too. That shouldn't bring us together. Yep. Love you, man. Love you too, bud.